Um, I'm concluding this series, <laughs> uh, Craving a Connection, amen, and it's so fitting uh, to work through a whole book. Uh, Psalm 34 has shown us uh, so much, there's so many pictures in, in the in the in the Psalms, but in this particular Psalm, I'll always remember this Psalm, Psalm 34. Amen. What a mighty, mighty word, mighty word we have from God. Amen. Mighty word when we look at the scriptures. Amen. The scripture is powerful, y'all. Amen. It's powerful. And today I I, I want to conclude this mess this series, but I also I also want to. Um, Talk to our graduates. Uh, talk to those who are going to bigger and better things in life, but also just in this craving a connection series, conclude it this way with this particular passage. Last week we talked about the secret to a blessed life. The secret. Of having a blessed life. Amen. I told you, you got to listen. You got to learn. Amen. You got to watch your language. You got to leave. Amen. But also, you have to look at your life's pursuit. That's what I told you last week. So if you have your Bible, uh, let's go to Psalm 34 and verse 15. Psalm 34 and verse verse 15. Amen. Verse 15 today. Amen. Verse 15. It says, The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord hmm, is against evildoers to cut off the memory of them from the earth. The righteous cry and the Lord hears and delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted to save those who are crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. I'm going to say it one more time. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Many are the affliction of the righteous. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. Isn't that something? I want to talk about this morning, and this goes for everyone, but also for our graduates, and in light of what's happening in this country today, I want to kind of tie that in there too. I want to talk about this morning when you choose to live right, when you choose to live right. When I first laid eyes on this passage, if you look at it, 
you will see the anthropomorphic view of God. Anthropomorphic means that you see a human element related to God. In other words, you see it says the eyes of the Lord, the ears of the Lord, the hands of the Lord. God is spirit, so he has neither. But the the writer is painting a picture that we can relate to on a level in our humanity that we can relate to. Are you with me? As I look around today, with the tension and the climate of America today, on top of the COVID-19 and all of the restrictions and all of our lives being disrupted, in the wake of graduation, graduates who didn't get a chance to have a prom or have a graduation service, you know, some of our privileges Privileges have been taken from us. I I look around and I think about what's the solution to all of this? Some people have taken this opportunity as just that, an opportunity. An opportunity to act out. An opportunity to veer off the path of righteousness. Last week, I talked to you about the blessed life. Knowing that you can be blessed if you choose to live a certain kind of way. But today, I want to discuss not just the blessed life. I want you to put a pen right here. I want to talk about the quality of life. See, because there are people who are blessed, but they take advantage of their blessings. I want to, there are people who, are, who who become blessed and they become entitled when their freedoms have been taken from them. When they've been persecuted and talked about and lied on. For our graduates and children that are moving to higher levels in life, I want to say that the journey has just begun. But the difference with class 2020 is that you got a dose of reality early. Usually you go out and live for a little bit before you experience some of your freedoms taken from you because of some of the choices that you may make. Some go to college and never finish. 
Some go to high school and never finish, but you have done it. You have reached that milestone in your life where you now have a choice what type of quality of life, come on, help me now, that you will possess. Here's something else you got to know about life. Life can change in a split second. Life, I used to say, is full of swift transitions. But if you live right, if you live right, you will celebrate whether things are good, come on somebody, or whether things are bad, or whether things are in between. Many people have attempted to live right, but sometimes they get caught off guard by the attacks that they experience during the early stages of their pursuit of God or the new way of life. Here's what the enemy wants. The enemy wants to convince you that every time you try to do right or live right, Persecution comes and problems comes. And listen, he's absolutely right. But here's the difference. The difference is you are not alone in the fight now. Amen. The enemy will try to convince you that living right is wrong. Come on now. It only ends in frustration. It, it ends in you being restricted in what you can do. But turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, when you live right. When you live right, that's the only way you will find out. Amen. I want to define what I mean by right, by the way. In a fallen world, it's difficult to live right. And so therefore... The Bible says this, that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. New things have come. So what I'm trying to say when I say right, I'm talking more about righteousness. I ain't talking about justice. I'm talking about righteousness. So here's, here's something I said this earlier in this pandemic series. I said that positionally. You are righteous. But in practice, you have to be righteous too. Come on, somebody. Positionally, you're righteous. In practice, you have, that, that's why I titled the sermon today, When You Choose to Live Right. And so what I'm saying to our graduates and to our promotees and whatever you want to call it, amen, I want to say this to you, you still have a choice. Just because you see the wicked prospering doesn't mean, come on somebody, amen, that it's going to be like that all the, all the time for you. Just because you decided to live right and you're catching all kinds of hell at home and high waters at the job and, 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 and wherever you go, you say, Pastor, but I keep doing right, but every time I keep right, can I say, don't be fooled by the tricks of the enemy. 
Don't don't be fooled by 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 the smokes and mirrors that he puts up. Listen, you can you can listen. You can you can deny your flesh for a moment and see the other side of this. Some of us only get to the tipping point and then we turn back because we are so fragile. But we want God to work things out when we're going through. But suffering is part of the package. Do I have anybody? I never thought, I never imagined that I would have the life that I have today. I thought about, and I can count how many times I wanted to quit. I can count and I can tell you the times that I I, I wanted to turn back at the beginning of this journey. You know, because I thought this, like most of us think. That while I've given my life to Christ, it should be easier. But what Jesus went through on the cross wasn't easy. He carried my sins to Calvary. And then, and then he hung on that cross for me. He did it for you. He did it for me. But here's the thing. But now he's given me the power on Pentecost to live right. I got six things I want to give you today to help you with your choice. You have to make a choice. And so, Some of you, I want to say this to you. Don't regret turning your back on Satan. Don't regret turning your back on that underhanded deal. Listen, don't regret giving up conniving and stealing and manipulating. Don't don't regret that kind of stuff just because now you got to file your taxes and now you got to live. Yeah, you got to come out of the shadows and you got to live right. Listen, some of us have been living right and that's fine for you, but some of us struggle with living right because of the trials and the temptations that we face all the time. Time. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, when you choose to live right. Some people live all their Christians li- Christian life never, listen, some people live their Christian life never really experiencing God or recognizing him as real. The psalmist went from teacher to encourager. Amen. The psalmist is painting a picture. He's painting a picture. And here's the picture he's painting. He's painting a portrait. Of God. When you take the pro out of portrait, you have traits. I wish I had somebody. And and what we see in the portrait, we see God very, very clearly. Qualities and characteristics you see of God in this verse. You say, I don't see it. I'll show it to you. Look at verse 15. He says, the eyes of the Lord. 
See, you can be in so much suffering and, 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 and injustice that you can feel like, where is God? Jesus, hanging on the cross, says, Father, why have you forsaken me? In other words, his daddy turned his back on him. Took his eyes off of him because the one thing about God is he can't stand sin. See? He despises sin, heard. But but the psalmist is in the cave with some disenfranchised, discouraged, and discouraged and broke men. And what he's trying to do now, he's built them up to having a blessed life, but now he wants to push them out. To live the blessed life. Imagine everyone you choose to live right. I'm not going to live with no regrets. Amen. Amen. I've talked to my dad yesterday. He, he usually goes to Suriname. That's a place where he's a boss over there. And he pretty much built these all refineries over there. Not literally built them, literally, like designed it and everything. And he says something to me, he says, son, when I go over there now, it's not the same. I said, why, dad? He said, because I choose to live right. He says, they want to party and they want to take me to the clubs and they want to hang out, you know, like we used to do. But see, when you live right, son, come on, somebody. You, you don't have that desire anymore. You, you don't have that pull anymore. See, when you, the more experience you get at living right, remember what I said, right means righteous. That's, that's who I'm talking to. I'm talking to the righteous people positionally, but in practice, it's right. That's all it means, the righteous. Whenever you see the righteous in Scripture, it's those who made the decision to live right. Very simple. He says the eyes of the Lord... Watch this, watch this. The eyes of the Lord are towards who? The righteous. So the first thing is this. First thing I see, first thing when you live right, you have what? His eyes. What do you have? His eyes. You have God's protective eyes on us. God sees everything. As a parent sees everything. So listen, sometimes our kids think they hide, but we see everything. And is that good news? When the righteous live right, not watch this, not just positionally, but by practice, they have the Father's favor. And, and when you when you have the eyes of God on you, listen, the devil can't pull one on you. Listen, thank God that when you live right, when you choose to live right, you have his eyes on you. All eyes on me, not Tupac. I'm talking about Jesus. Come on and help me, somebody. Amen. I know some of you want to go there. But 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 watch this. We have his eyes. He sees us. He he's like that. He's like that security system. He's like those you know those those infrared. Oh, come on somebody. Cameras that when you make a move, it turns. Come on somebody and help me. It's good to know when you live right, heard. Amen. Wherever you go, come on, somebody. You got eyes on you. And here's the thing. The one thing I understand about having eyes on me, it stops me from going to places. 
We have to live with the, with the, with the mindset. This is what I'm saying about a lot of people live their Christian life not knowing, watch this, not experiencing God like this. You got eyes on you. Next thing he says, he says anthropomorphic, anthropomorphic look at God. He says he has eyes. The next thing he says, his ears are what? Open. Thank God. Listen, you can cry to the governor. You can go and file a police report. I hear you. I hear you. But I thank God that when you live right, not only do you have his eyes, but the next thing you got is his, his ears. God hears our prayers and he answers them. Thank God that the righteous can call on him. Thank God that the righteous can cry out to him. When you don't know what to do, when life seems like it's falling apart, you have God's attention. You have God's eyes. You have God's ears. So why aren't you experiencing him? The moment you say, Father, he turns. Hallelujah. I was going somewhere with my prayer night. I'm going to start a new series on Friday night. That series is going to talk. I'm talking about enrolling in Christ's school of prayer. When you enroll in Jesus' prayer school, you'll find out that the first thing you got to do is you got to find you in the secret place. Thank God that I have his eyes, but more so I thank God that I got his ears. His ears are attentive to my prayer. His ears, he can hear me when I cry. He can hear me when I call. He can hear me when I breathe. He can hear me. What more do I need? I'm not talking about, this is not for everybody. This is for those who choose. When I go off to college and I don't know how to pass this test, I can call on them. When temptation shows up and I, and I, I, I got a choice to be in the crowd or I gotta, I, I, and I want to be, I want to fit in, but, but what you got to do is you got to call on them. Because his eyes are upon you. When you choose, listen, there are benefits for choosing to live right. Next, the next verse says this, though. you got to watch how the text turns. See, so you can have his eyes, you can have his ears, but here go, here go the next part of the verse. He says, it says what? It says what? What, what does it say? What does it say? His, the face of the Lord. Huh? Now, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute now. Hold on a minute. When you live right, you have, all you need is his ears and his eyes you don't need FaceTime because you already got that. But watch this. Watch the verse. Watch the verse now. The face of the Lord is against evildoers to do what? To cut off even the memory of them from earth. Some people have been gone. You don't even remember. Because of how they live. They live so foul that, watch this, you don't even remember them no more. And some were in your family. Uh-oh. They've been gone a long time. But you can't remember nothing. You know why? Because they never looked to the Lord. Because the Bible says the face of the Lord is against evildoers. So not only do you have his eyes, not only do you have his ears, but watch this. You have his what? His face. God gets angry when we don't live right. God's 
anger when you don't live right. See, when you entered into this fraternity (laughs) called righteousness, you made a choice. So if you want to keep doing, if you want to keep doing evil, because you know you're saved by grace, you don't want his face. We all have a choice when we do evil. Mm -hmm. Or become so busy that we forget him. Watch this. Then you have to face him. (laughs) I'm saying one more time. Evil is around every corner. It's lurking. Psalm 1 says, Blesses the man who does not walk according to the counsel of the ungodly. Nor stand in the path of sinners. Nor sit in the seat of scoffers. So those of you going off to college, you're going to have a, you've got a choice. You're living right now because you're under your mama's roof. But when you leave mama's house and daddy's house, watch this, and you get out there on that campus, amen, you got to decide whether or not you want his ears, his eyes, or his face. Because you know, if you have to call me to show up, If I got to get on the plane, (laughs) come on, somebody. You know it's trouble, right? He says, watch this, though. Watch this, though. People that do evil, this this, this, this rioting, they won't be remembered for anything good. They're going to be remembered for what? For the evil that they do. This is why we have to stand with God. He sees, he hears. But when you choose to live right, let me go, let me go, let me go, let me go on now. Let me go on now. Look at verse, look at verse 17. The righteous, though, cry. Huh? And the what? And the Lord what? Ooh, Lord. And he's making a point, ain't he? He said, the word righteous is repeated. The word hears is repeated. The word cry. So it tells me something. David, who had firsthand experience with God, who could have chosen to live evil, to live wrong, made the choice. And by experience, as a teacher now, he's transferring it. I thank God I've learned how to live right before I passed it. Oh, Lord, I thank God I've learned how to live right before I counsel. I thank God I learned how to live right before I preached and teached people how to do it. Because here's the thing. If you don't see it in me, then how can you know what to do? Text says, and I ain't perfect either. But thank God he covers my mess. Come on, somebody. The righteous cry and the Lord hears and delivers them from all their what? tell your neighbor you're going to have some trouble but how you get through it if you live right watch the text the righteous cry and the Lord hears and he delivers so not only do you have the eyes of his eyes his ears his face but the next thing you got is his hands God delivers us when we live right. You have his hands. Anthropomorphic look at God. 
I was going to title this message A Portrait of God. But if you live right, you have the hands of God. Can I ask you something? Do you have troubles in your life today? Live right. Matter of fact, some of the troubles that you're having in this life right now is because you're living right. But we just read earlier in 1 Peter chapter 5 that if you suffer according to the will of God, if you entrust your soul to him, he will deliver you. So not only do you have the eyes, you have the ears, you have the face, you have his hands. And if you wait long enough, and if you hold on to his unchanging hands. Listen, nobody can deliver you like God can deliver you. And sometimes your pain is part of the deliverance. Are you with me? Verse 18. I'm coming to a close now. The Bible says, The Lord is near. To the brokenhearted. Can I ask you a question today? Do you have a broken heart? Have you been crying? Have you been in trouble? The Bible says that the Lord is near to the broken heart. The brokenhearted. And look what he says. And save saves those who are crushed. In spirit. That word, that word crush means broken into pieces. Your heart and your spirit is broken. But you're living right. Pastor, I'm living right, but I'm still broken. I'm, st I'm still a mess. I, I got a fine, a fine piece of me over here. A fine piece of me over there. I'm all over the place. I'm shattered. My dreams have been shattered. My vision has been shattered. Let me encourage you. And, and, and a lot of us say, it's hard. You don't understand it's hard. Stop saying it's hard when you have the God of the universe on your side. If you choose to live right. Look what he says. I'm going to read it one more time. The Lord is near. So not only do you have his hand. But the next thing you got, the most important piece, his presence. Listen, God's presence will be felt. Listen to me, felt. He's real, y'all. It's not something you got to make up and speak in tongues and get emotional. You ain't got to do none of that. You can feel. You, you just have a you're there by yourself. You know, the problem with us, we can't, in this digital society, we can't put down these phones and shut off these TVs and shut down Netflix long enough to just sense God is competing with all these other voices so that you can experience his presence. You want FaceTime. I don't think you want FaceTime. <laughs> I just want him to hear me. <laughs> but listen, he's near to the brokenhearted. 
when life and people you love have left you crushed and broken into pieces, it's not time to go crazy. It's not time to live recklessly. It's not time to become destructive. That's what we do when we're crushed, right? When we're broken hearted, what do we do? We go out and we self-destruct, self-abuse. What do you think is happening now with this? We're self-destructing. And, and watch this. Watch this. But what we don't realize is if we live right, he'll, he'll be near. He's so near to you. How do you miss him when he's so near? It's because you're not familiar with what it feels like to be in his presence. He's been there all the while. You will sense his presence Every waking moment of your life when you live right. Verse 19 says, you ready? So we have the what? Let me see what we got. We got the eyes of the Lord. We have his ears. We have his face. We have his hands. We have his presence. But lastly, let me show you verse 19. Look at verse 19 for me. <clears throat> this is for all of you who are tired. I'm tired. I'm just so tired. Stop being tired. You ain't been through much. You didn't go through 40 years of slavery. Mm-hmm. Watch this. Many are the afflictions. <laughs> you see that? Many are the what? Are the what? Affliction. You know what that word means? Calamities. Adversities. Injustice, hurt, misfortune, being black in America, I'm sorry, wickedness. <laughs> Many are the afflictions of the right of those. Oh, so when you decided to live right, you thought it was just going to be. Some of you got a taste and you ran. You're like, every time I get close to God, it gets tough. So you run back to evil doing. What if you pressed on this time? What if you move past that and see what the other side of your affliction looks like? Realizing that you're not alone in this. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Last point. You have his promise. Oh, man. 
Oh man, I wish I, I boy, I wish I had some shouting people up in here. Today and shout. They they did I don't know what they watch it. His promise. What's the promise? Afflictions for development, not and what? And deliverance. Affliction for development and not destruction. Affliction for development. Come on, somebody. And not for your demise. But you got to hang in there long enough. Do you think that just because you live right is going to be easy? You got to remember something. You have a promise from God. You have the whole anthropomorphic picture of God on your side. You got the Trinity on your side. And you're going through being black in America. COVID-19. Can't go to your graduation. Divorce. Come on now. Brokenness. Broken hardness. And you have the whole trinity on your side. And I want to say to somebody here today, you've got to live right. And when you choose to live right, amen, you will become stronger. And you'll be able to make it through that. If your car fails, you go to a mechanic. If your house breaks down, you call a handyman. If your body breaks down, you go to the doctor. If your clothes are torn, you go to a tailor. If your grades aren't working, you go to a tutor. What do you do? When your life breaks down. When it's a spiritual issue. That only God can fix. You know what the problem is in America? We have a spiritual issue. That's the problem in America. We have turned. Our backs. On God. Not all of us. But most of us. And what's happening. We're turning to everything else other than God to fix the issues. Anything you use to fix a problem in your life cannot complete compete with God's presence. When you need to fix your life, there's no better solution than divine intervention. When you choose to live right, you have his, his eyes, his ears, his face, his hands, his presence, and his promises. To God be the glory for the great things that he has done. This is a between an ouch message and a thank you message. Because here's the thing. Some of you are living right. But you're experiencing injustice at the job. You're experiencing all kinds of stuff. But here's the thing. Here's what I want to. Here's what I want to hope you to to today. Use your resources. Listen. If I knew I had the ears of the president of the company, I'd pick up the phone and what. You do have the ears of the of the of the president 
of the you have the ears of God who created the one who's over the company. So what's up? You have the ears of the chief of police. Talk to him. Have we, re have we individually prayed for the injustice? Lord, I know it's little old me. I'm reminded of a story, Dawson Trotman, who began the Navigators, became a worldwide ministry. Dawson had a burden for young, young boys and young children who were not receiving the word of God. He had gotten saved. Him and his buddy got together, and they had a cabin. They had a cabin not too far where he lived, a summer cabin. They went up there, and they got a map of the world. Two, two just ordinary guys. One, he, one was a plumber, and the other one, he was just a, you know, a salesman. And they went up there and they met up there for 30 days. They took a map of the world. And they took a stick pin every day and they start putting a pin right there. And what they would do, they would begin praying that the gospel would go into these places and begin to change. They did this for one month and then one of the guys fell off, but Dawson continued. Before you know it, he was praying for the whole world. Before you know it, God put him on a plane. And he was going to Japan, he was going to China, he was going to all these places sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ across the world. If you have a heart for God, and if you want to see something change, put your hands on Minneapolis. Put your hands on Houston. Put your hands on these places on the map and start praying that God will begin to change because the righteous has his attention. But you know what the problem with us is? In America, we think only of ourselves. We want a God like a genie, but we got a big God that can change this world if Christians were to come together pray and humble ourselves. And the scripture that Dawson stood on was, I believe it was Jeremiah, I'm not sure if it's the 29th chapter or 30th chapter, 33, Jeremiah 33, I believe. He, and the scripture that he stood on is, the scripture says, call on, call, call on to me, come unto me. No, he said, call, call me. Come to me and call on me and I will show you great and mighty things. Saints, if we come to him and if we call on him, he will show us great and mighty things.